The tradition that we call Zen in Buddhism has gone through several cultures and several continents before it arrived here in America and in the Western world. According to the traditional story that is told about Zen, it goes all the way back to the practice of the historical Buddha, who lived about a little more than 2,500 years ago in India. From that very practice, first there were 28 generations of teachers in India. Then Bodhidharma made his way from India to China and founded Chinese Zen. Again, 28 generations later, Zen came from China to Japan. And after 28 generations of teachers in Japan, one branch of that Zen also made it here to the United States. That is, in the lineage of Nakagawa Soen, there were other Zen teachers who came earlier. There were other Zen teachers who came later. But for the tradition of Nakagawa Soen's lineage, it was 28 generations. And we haven't had a lot of time here in America or in the Western world for Zen to really find its roots in this new soil. When we look at Buddhism in general, we can say that wherever the seed of the teachings of the Buddha falls, it will grow according to the soil in which it was planted. What that means is that Indian Buddhism looks different than Southeast Asian Buddhism. Chinese Buddhism, Chinese Zen, or the esoteric schools of Buddhism look different in China. Different growing of the Buddha's seed in Korea. And again, in a different way, the seed of Buddhism, when it was transplanted, when it was carried into Japan, grew in its own way. Now, here in America, in the Western world, Zen is growing as well. And it's always true that there is a mutual exchange between Buddhism and the prevalent culture into which it comes. In China, we find traces and influences in Zen that originate in the Confucian teachings. We find Taoist ideas mixed into what made up the Chinese flavor of Zen. And how could it be different here in America? Of course, we will find some influence onto the Zen tradition 
that originates in the Western culture, in Western thinking. And I say it deliberately, unfortunately, in capitalism, in consumerism, and also in the celebration of individualism. Some of these influences cannot be reconciled when there is the tension between affirming one's I am self unconditionally with the teaching of no self, then a certain incompatibility comes to be manifest. So what does Zen mean here in America? It means a lot of things. First of all, the word itself has been commercialized. The idea of this is Zen or that is Zen is either that it is irrational or that it is serene. And there we find one of the biggest repeated mistakes that we see in the interpretation and in the attitude towards teachings of may it be Zen, may it be Buddhism, or whatever tradition. Clearly, someone who practices and who has gone through Zen training and continues to be engaged in that investigation of what it means to be alive, of what it means to be a human being, and what it means to manifest both no-self and I-am-self equally, with equal energy and equal dedication. If we meet a person like that, of course we will feel that the way they live, the way they act, the way they make connection with others, with society, with the challenges of modern times is different than someone who has not been trained that way, someone who has not looked into the depth of what it means to have consciousness, what eyes, ears, nose, tongue, mind, what all that means and what lies beyond a dualistic description of what is. Equanimity, caring, and loving-kindness are wonderful fruits that come from long and painstaking serious practice of the Buddha's way. And I don't want to limit that to Zen by no means. There are so many different ways to practice the ideas of the Buddha, but also to practice the idea the ideas of other great religious leaders. And what they all have in common, these teachings, is the going beyond one's pity little self. So is it possible to just create the circumstances, the appearance of serenity, and from that appearance create the same transformation? that leads one to experience equanimity. Maybe, but certainly not in a lasting way.
what seems so difficult to understand is that in order to arrive at that equanimity, at the ability to make instant connection and to give oneself fully to what is happening, is that one has gone through great difficulties. That one has fought the impossible fight. That one has challenged that what is too big to be challenged. That one has overcome what seems insurmountable. There are a few people who might have an experience like that naturally without too much effort. However, the vast majority has to go through this kind of practice that always has a new challenge, that always asks us to give up more of what we see ourselves is to let go even further, to even let go of the letting go. Always asking for more. Always asking for this self to become smaller, smaller, smaller. Inducing the same feelings from an external way through sensuous experiences, sense, lighting, music, soft pillows, all of that is maybe possible as a relief from the stresses that this I am self experiences. But in the end, don't be fooled, don't make a mistake to think that that has anything to do with Zen. A Zen practitioner would ask someone who experiences serenity that way, who is it who experiences this? Who is it who is stressed? What is it that is relaxed? And these are the questions that Zen practice follows. It was interesting recently when I was looking at certain videos on YouTube. One came that I was quite intrigued by the title and that spoke about that in America, Zen is becoming a lifestyle. And many, many people choose the path of Zen as a lifestyle. Well, from the point of view of somebody who has gone through that monastic training and who has seen how strict it is and who has also seen how regular folks like I am, like you are, can go through similar training and emerge in a completely transformed way that does not require them to follow any particular way of life. Zen is not a lifestyle. Again, lifestyle is the outside-in approach. By trying to imitate 
by trying to set the conditions from the outside to achieve a specific outcome. That is goal-oriented striving. Just another hindrance in the natural process of learning of not to strive, of letting go, of not attaching to even a goal. My hope is that if someone follows the Zen lifestyle, that they will fall into real practice and do deep introspection that will allow them to see through that from the outside in way and realize that through their own experience, that's when what is called the lifestyle starts to make sense, but also become superfluous. To practice Zen, we don't have to be any specific way. We don't have to follow any specific lifestyle, any specific occupation, or have any specific beliefs. But what it requires is the determination to sit down with oneself and to go and get to the bottom of how this I am self arises, how this I am self relates, makes relationship with what is experienced as object, as surroundings, and how we can learn to make that relationship and the elimination of the distance between subject and object an experience and a way of being. That way we can learn to be present and our presence will be possible under whatever circumstances, unrelated to lifestyle, unrelated to beliefs, and unrelated to external conditions. Lastly, one of the things that I want to point out is that, of course, psychology is very, very important in the Western culture. And it has its place. It has its place in terms of healing the I am self that is suffering from specific kinds of delusions, patterns, that were established through traumatic experiences in the psyche are very important to be examined in that context, in the context of psychology, in the context of psychiatry, and in the context of addressing them through these means of therapy and treatment. What I can say, though, is Zen practice first of all, is not a replacement or a substitute for that kind of psychological work that has to be done within the context of psychology, within the context of therapy, within the context of psychiatric treatment. It's not a replacement for that. Vice versa, psychology cannot lead us to have the experience of no self. Because psychology makes the self, the I am self, the identity, its main focus.
focus. You will find treatises, writings about Freud and the Buddha, psychoanalysis and Buddhism. You will find many psychologists and therapists who become Zen teachers. It is very difficult to see clearly what falls into the area of psychological treatment of the self. And as that creeps into our Zen practice, the only thing that we have to remind ourselves to not lose out of sight is that the I am self is not the focus of Zen practice. Let me put it in terms of an image. Psychology, therapy, works with the orientation, the direction, the view that we have sitting in our deck chair on the Titanic. Zen practice aims to examine the inevitable collision between the ship and the iceberg. Granted, the clearer we see from our deck chair that the collision will happen, the more apt we will be to examine those underlying existential questions. Both have value. For some people, both are necessary. And for some people, even Zen practice might be not advisable. The curious thing about the self is, even though we have this practice that aims at being able to let go of that self, it has to be naturally strong enough to reappear according to the conditions in a form and shape that allows continuous work on transcending and letting go of it. If the conditions that make the self arise are not of a kind that are not harmful, it is not advisable engage in this practice that makes that self disappear. Zen is not an advertising name. It is not a panacea, something that will work for everybody. It has to be combined with our life. It has to be combined sometimes with psychology and therapy. The only way to find out what it is about is to sit down on your rear end, to follow your breath, and to examine breath by breath what it means to be alive and what it means that the only certainty we have is that our time here is limited. Choose well. Make no mistake.